Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Does that song want to make you dance? Well, I was going to try to, but I know what will end up happening. I'll fall flat on my face. So glad to have you at Passion Church today. To all of our first-time guests, I would like to say welcome, and I hope I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. Next Sunday, you do not want to miss our service. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday. Uh, I'll be sharing the vision that I feel God has laid upon my heart. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be good and exciting, so make sure you're here. Make sure you don't miss the service. I'm so excited about what God is sharing and what God is putting forth here at Passion Church. Amen? Amen. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted a certain kind of bicycle. I wanted a fancy BMX bike. My dad wanted to buy me like a Murray from, which I was about to say Walmart. I didn't have Walmart when I was a kid. We had roses. Y'all probably don't know what that is. I'm from North Carolina, so we had our roses. And I just wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to ride around on a Murray. I wanted this nice BMX bike. My dad says, you get what you get. So you know what I did? At 11 years old, I got a job. So I could raise my own money to buy my own bicycle. And I did. Worked all summer long cutting grass. And made enough that year to buy me a, a Diamondback bicycle, BMX bicycle. And see, not only did I buy, you know, have this cool bicycle, I bought it. It was mine. And I said, Dad, you can't ever take this away from me. I bought it. He took it away from me. I was a tennis shoe guy, too. I always wanted good tennis shoes. But when I was a kid, my, for school, I got two pair of pants, the new school season, and I got two shirts. And I usually got me a pair of, and if you're old enough, you may remember this, Cougar tennis shoes. Am I remember Cougar tennis shoes? They were like the cheapest shoe you could find. In fact, they didn't try to do their own design. They got the Nike symbol and turned it upside down. And that's pretty much what it was. I hated those shoes. I said, Dad, I can't be cool in these shoes. Well, that's what you get. And I said, well, I'm getting a job. So I got a job and I bought me ten- all, my, all my high school years, junior high school years, I bought my own tennis shoes. And I still have that love. I'm a, I'm a shoe guy. I tell you that story because from early on, I've always believed in working and laboring. If I wanted something more, my dad said, you get this. But if you want something greater, you got to work for it. So I did. And all my life, I've worked to make sure I can get what I got. As I was thinking about that, the Lord led me to Joshua 24. It's a scripture that we all probably know. It's probably somewhere written in our house on a piece of something. I was about to say a picture, but now we put pieces of driftwood in our house. We probably see it weekly on social media. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. In the last couple of weeks when God gave me this scripture, to be honest with you, I was struggling. I didn't want to preach on it. But I've 
should have learned, like most of you have already learned, you can't argue with God. He's always going to win. And God kept leading me back to this passage. In fact, I, I want to read it to you today. Joshua 24, verse 15. But if... Serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. You need to hear that. I want you to remember this word, serve. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day, again he says it again, whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But I love this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart and every mind would be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. I pray today that, Lord, not one, not one would leave this house the same way that they came. But, God, they would be blessed, blessed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In this passage here, to give you a little background, Joshua has called all the children of Israel together. All the leaders, the priests, he's, he's called all the judges, he's called all the, the children of Israel, the tribes to come. And he begins to talk to them and he, he talks about the past, where they've been, what they've done. He also begins to talk about, well, their God and what God has done. And he comes to this moment here in verse 15 where he says, and in other words, he's kind of sensing the room. It's kind of like sometimes I'll tell a joke and y'all don't laugh and my sense is this, you're just not smart enough to get my jokes. Just like right there. About three of you laugh, the rest of you are like. He realizes that some of them are wanting to serve other gods. Some of them are serving other gods. Some of them are not serving the one and only God. A little bit out of frustration, he begins to say to them, he says, if it seems undesirable to you to serve the Lord, then go serve somebody else. But I'm telling you, and I'm going to tell you before all that are here today, me and my household, we're going to serve God. But before I get into my sermon today, I want you to hear something. There must come a moment in your life where you make the decision that I am or am not going to serve God. I am or am not going to follow God. He is my all and in all, and I will follow him 100%. I'll go to the highest mountain with him or to the depths of the lowest valley. But wherever God is, that's where you'll find me. And there comes a moment where you've got to make a decision to get off the fence, stop keeping one foot in the world, and make a realization that God desires and deserves every and all that you have. I know it's not easy. I know it requires a lot. 
And I understand that there may be a, you're in a place in your life right now that everything's not great and it's not wonderful and you, you don't know what to do. But let me say this, if you ever make the decision to finally say, God, I'm in, I'm all in, I'll follow you, I'll do what you ask. You are my King, my Savior, and my Lord. You are my all. At that moment when you do that, can I say something to you? There will be a peace that comes over your life like you've never known before. The Lord led me, and I kept going back to the word serve. I don't know how many times in the last couple of weeks I've tried to get away from this sermon, but God kept bringing me back, and finally the Lord led me. In fact, God does does this to me quite often. He'll lead me to a passage, but he leads the word for a while. I can't find that one word, and for some reason, finally, God led me in the last couple of weeks to the word serve. And I began to look up the word serve, and the word serve there has many meanings in the Hebrew. But you're going to define all those three, all those meanings down into three main topics. Uh, The first would be this. The word there means bondage or to enslave or to be bound. In other words, when he says, as for me and my house, we will serve God. What he's saying is I now become a slave to God. I am bound to him. I am his. He is mine. And that's all that I have to say. I belong to God. If I, in fact, we find a, a passage in Romans chapter 6, verse 22 that says this, But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. In other words, we are to become slaves to God. We are bound to him, in bondage to him. We belong to him. In other words, Joshua says, I belong to God. I am his, and I will do what he asked me to do. The second thing is this. The topic is worship. There's many different words in there in the Hebrew, but it all comes down to worship. In other words, he's saying, second is, not only am I a slave to God, but then he says, I will worship God. Now, one is, we've got to learn how to worship, amen? Listen, I know some of you are a little reserved. You're getting worship time. You can't move, and that's funny because I'll see you driving down the road during the week, and you're listening to some Taylor Swift, and you're like, If you're headbanging at Taylor Swift, we got a problem. But it's the funniest thing. We'll listen to, word, or listen to music going down the road, and we're getting all into it, but we get in church, and, and the worship starts playing, and we're like, well, I got to be reverent. Can I tell you what reverence is? Praising God. Worshiping God. I love to worship God. I love to praise God. The funny thing is the older I get, I realize just because I love to worship him doesn't mean my body goes in accordance with the way I like to worship. You know what I'm talking about? That sometimes I'll be worshiping God and dancing, and I realize that I'm not as coordinated as I used to be. And there's been a couple of times I've almost fallen. I just act like I go out in the spirit. That's what I do. Just act like I go out in the spirit. He says, I'm going to worship you, God, in the good, the bad, the mountains, the valley. No matter what, I make this right now. I make this promise that for me and my house, we will worship you. But can I tell you, worship also isn't just praising on Sunday mornings. The Bible tells us that we're to worship in spirit and in truth. 
That everything we do brings worship to God. Everything we do brings glory and honor to God. That what I do with my job, what I do with my family, what I do with my friends, what I do when I speak, how I act at work, it becomes a moment of worship. How I act can become a moment of worship. When I show up to work late and no one else has been there earlier and I check in and then go to the bathroom and spend five minutes in the bathroom or ten minutes in the bathroom and about ten minutes before work's over, I've already left. In other words, it's not bringing honor and glory to God. That I do everything that I can that it will bring worship to God. But here's the third thing of what I want to speak on today. If you look at the word there, for serve, it means to labor and to work. To labor and to work. So in essence, what Joshua says, he first says, I'm a slave to God. I'm bound to him. He is my master, my Lord. I'll follow wherever he goes. I will worship him. In the good, the bad, the sad, the happy, I'm going to worship God. And the third thing he says is this, I will work and labor for God. See, many times what happens is we don't labor for the kingdom. We come to church. Read our Bible every once in a while. The problem is every one of you sitting in this church today, there is a gift, an anointing, a call, a purpose on your life. Every one of you. And the thing is, most of the time, it lays dormant inside of us as believers because we're too busy. We don't have the time. Well, you don't understand my life and everything that is happening around me. Pastor, I'm just busy, 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 busy. You want me to do that again? I don't know if I can, because I think I spit on this guy right here. Busy, busy, busy. But see, at that moment, Joshua was standing. Listen, you need to understand, Joshua is at the end of his life. There's not much time left. But Joshua's making a decision to say, with what time I have left, I've made a decision that I will let my life bring glory and honor to God because God is deserving of the gifts and the purpose and the call and the talents that are inside of me because they are his. Write this down. As for me. As for me. That's what he says. If we're going to apply this to the last one, that's what I want to focus on today, the work and the labor. As for me, what he says is, as for me, I will serve God. I will work for God. I will labor for God. You've got to find out what God's called you to do, amen? God, years ago, at the age of, I don't know, 19 years old, 8 or 20 years old, I was called to be a pastor. Didn't want to do it, had no desire to do it. I wanted to be a North Carolina state trooper. I wanted to drive fast and shoot out the window. And not so much in that order. But it probably wouldn't have been good. I wouldn't have been good with guns. I'm probably just not good. In fact, my brother was a, became a probation parole officer for North Carolina. And his nickname in, in uh, school was Click Click. And they call him Click Click because they sit there and hold the gun when the bullets were gone. And they'd have to go, Mr. Leggett, your gun's out of bullets. I'm pretty sure I'd had the same, well... Ability with guns. But see, God had something different from my life than doing that. It's not that that would have been wrong. It's not that I probably wouldn't have been good at that. I'm very good at driving fast. 
See, there's a place in the Bible that said women are to be silent in the church. Can I get it? Amen. Here's, here's the sad part. She didn't even mean to do it. It just literally came out of her. Amen. But see, God had a purpose for my life. If you say you're going to serve God, then serve God. And it's not just being a slave to God. It's not just worshiping God. It's saying, God, I will labor for your kingdom. I will do your will. For I know, God, that it is the purpose and the plan from the foundations of the world for my life that I matter in your kingdom. I matter for your purpose. And God, I know, I know, I know that if I will accept the call and do your will, I know, God, that I can walk in joy and in peace because I labor unto the Lord. The question is, what is your call? My wife is singing. She can sing. She's been a praise and worship leader for 20-something years. Mine is not singing. But see, all of you have a call on your life. And let me say this. You're never too young and you're never too old. Amen. Poor Samuel, he died. He had gone on. And they called him back from the grave. You're never too old or you're never too young that God doesn't have a purpose and a plan for your life. But what you got to say, as for me, you have to ask yourself, God, as for me, what is your plan for my life? As for me, what is your call? As for me, how do I get to that place? As for me, what are you expecting of me? As for me, what is that process to getting there? Listen, I didn't just get to this phenomenal preacher you see before you today. It took time. God, forgive me for lying. I think back when I first started preaching, and oh Lord, how mercy. I was, my wife can tell you, I, I, it's like I had multiple personalities. One day I was T.D. Jakes. Oh! That's about all I could do to T.D. Jakes. It's about all I got right there. And then the next day I was James Kennedy. Oh God. Thy mighty God who rests upon the heavenly abode. How wonderful is thy name. Because I didn't know who I was. As for me, I didn't know who me was. But when I began to get in God's presence, and I, and I never forget one day, a, a, a pastor came to me and said, put, the, put your own trumpet to your own mouth and blow your own horn. And that day, because see, up to that moment, I was being James D. Leggett, Bishop James D. Leggett. I was who he was, because I thought that's what I was supposed to be. And he said, put your own trumpet to your own mouth and blow your own horn. And from that day forward, there was a liberty in me to be who I am in Christ Jesus. As for John Leggett, he will be who God's called him to be. Who's God called you to be? Well, I just had to put that on the back burner. Are you crazy? See, I, I tell people this all the time. We have this, this, this idea that when we go to heaven, that we're sent to heaven, there's going to be this big screen behind me. And I have this big screen behind me. There's, there's Catherine. She's before God now. And as she stands before God, Catherine's there. And all her terrible things, and she's done a lot. All her terrible things are behind her on this screen. 
she just bowed in just pure shame for all the bad things she's done. See, that's the image we have. Can I tell you that's not the way it's going to be? How do I know that? Because the Bible says that God takes my sins and those and far from the east is from the west into the depths of the sea, never to remember them again. Praise God. And for some of you, y'all should have been clapping louder than others at that moment. But what will I experience when I get to heaven? I will be judged on my works, though. See, this is where we get it mixed up. See, when I get to heaven, I will be judged on my works. I, I will have to, to face what? Because the Bible says all of my works will be put in a fire. And after the fire, what is left, what was of God and for God. Amen. In other words, if April's up here singing, as she's singing, she's going, praise God. And as she's singing in her mind, she's going, I'm going to win a Grammy. I'm the next Taylor Swift. I don't know why I'm on Taylor Swift today. I don't even like Taylor Swift. I don't. Well, she is, though, the good, good old top country anyway. And her mind is going, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the, the, the next Taylor Swift or the, whoever it may be. At that moment, she's got her reward because she's not doing it for God. See, the Bible says that one day that will be burned up and what's left is from God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, but the Bible says that my works was filthy rags. You're right to get into heaven. It is not your works that get you into heaven, but when you do get to heaven, can I say this to you? I am going to stand before God, and it is my robes and my trophies and my crowns that I get because of my works. And listen, we all see, Pastor, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it to get robes and trophies and crowns. No, I'm, listen, you're right, I am. But you know why? Because as soon as I stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm taking them all off and I'm laying at his feet. I don't want to come empty-handed. I don't want to come empty-handed. Listen what he says. This. After as for me, he says, my house. My house. In other words, at that moment, what he's saying is this. I'm not the only one affected by what I do. My house will be affected by my decision to be obedient to my call to God. Let me say this. Hear me when I say this. Don't make excuses not to serve in the church or the body of Christ because of your kids or because of your family. Be careful what you put an excuse before God. I'm not going to finish that sentence. But be careful what you use as an excuse not to serve in God's kingdom. Me and my wife, my son played baseball and my son did other stuff. We did all of that. But yet we also sure made he was in church, amen. My kids did other activities, but they were always in church, amen. Because we had to make a decision that we knew probably most likely not saying anything out loud and he's not here today, so praise God. Austin's not here. We knew Austin probably was going to make it to the big leagues. We knew. I mean, he was good. Just not that good. So we knew, so when he got out of that, we wanted him to realize that his still his first priority was not the sports or this or that. His first priority was serving the kingdom of God, being in the house of the Lord, making Jesus his number one. See, what, what I want you to hear when I'm saying that, and this is so important, is that your family is affected by your obedience or disobedience to working and laboring for the kingdom of God.
Years ago, they interviewed a pastor. Or I actually interviewed the pastor's son. He was a pretty wretched sinner. His father was a well-known big TV evangelist. And they asked him, said, no offense, but for your father to be who he is, how have you turned out the way you did? And here was the son's response. You know my dad on Sundays. I was with my dad on Mondays. See, let me say this also on the flip side of that. It's just as important that even if you are serving the kingdom of God, you're doing it for the right reasons. To bring glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That your house is affected. Your children are affected. Your wife, your husband are affected by your obedience, your willingness to say, God, I will follow you. I will do your will. I will do your call. But also, can I say this? You better make sure that you're doing the call of God to bring glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's important. It's important. I can't say that our kids have always been perfect kids. Unfortunately, you know them. But I will say this, my kids love Jesus because we've all put, always put God first. We've always served the kingdom. See, for me, at the age of 23 years old, when I felt the call, as much as I didn't want to do it, I also didn't want to be disobedient to God. Here's the last thing I want you to hear. He says, I will serve the Lord. He doesn't say, I will serve the Lord if everything's good. I will serve the Lord if, if the job's great, if the kids are wonderful. I, I will serve the Lord if, if God, you give me enough time to do everything I want to do, then put you last. In essence, he says, I will serve the Lord. Can I be transparent with you today? I didn't really want to be here. I rolled over my bed last night to my wife and I said these words and I've never said these words. I said, I don't want to preach tomorrow. I said, I don't want to preach tomorrow. The devil is great about getting your life and chipping away at your confidence your commitment and your dedication and I rolled over and I went to sleep but this morning I rolled out of bed I took my shower I got my stuff and I came to serve the Lord 
The world will chip away at you. And the enemy will lie to you. And you'll start believing the made-up truths that the enemy has spoken over your life. See, when Joshua declared it, this is what he was saying. In the good, I'll serve the Lord. In the bad, I'll serve the Lord. When everything's going my way, I'll serve the Lord. But when it seems the world is against me, I will serve the Lord. There will be the days that you don't feel like getting up or going forward or serving the kingdom. But if you learn the phrase of Joshua, I will serve the Lord through this hardship, through this tragedy, through these sad times, I will serve the Lord. I promise you the sad times will come to an end. The difficulties will stop. And the tragedies will fade. But you can still say, I serve the Lord. I did all that I could do. And God will bless you. And God will touch you in ways you never thought possible. Will you bow your head? If that needs to be your anthem today, you don't feel like it, maybe you're struggling, but you need to say the words out loud today, I will serve the Lord. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand. Yes, yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Pray today, Lord, that in the middle of the difficult times, in the middle of those times of wanting to give up and quit, the Lord, they will continue to speak the words, I will serve the Lord. I will labor for him. I will do his will. Touch every heart, I pray. I want you to look at me real quick. The Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. Usually when I say that to Christians, it, it messes them up. See, we had to do something in the natural to enact the spiritual in our lives. It's called stepping out in faith, taking a step. Today we put a card in your seat. It's to say yes. And let me explain why we did that. I believe all of you have a call 
a purpose. I believe all of you can be a benefit and a blessing to this house. But there has to be a moment where just like Joshua, you say, as for me and my house, as for me, I'm going to serve God. See, this is natural, filling out this card. But the moment that you're willing to do it, it enacts God to do something in your spiritual walk. So this is what we want you to do. If you're here and you're not serving, say, Pastor, I know I need to serve. We want you to fill out that card. And what I want you to do at the end of service, after the service is over, I want you to come and lay all the cards here at the altar. And this week, we're going to pray for you. And this week, we're going to contact you and get you serving in the kingdom of God. And as you do, I promise you, God's going to bless your days. So bow your head one more time. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.